Have you ever started your day and thought, you know, this day may not go the way I wanted it to go. And that's how my day started as I pressed the little button in my garage to raise the wonderful garage door. Nothing. My eyes captured a broken spring above the garage door. And I thought to myself, I'm going to have to lift a 500 pound garage door or whatever the heck it is. Probably not that to start my day so I can get out my vehicles and put the trash out. And that's how my day started. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Pete the Planner show where I'm here to levy all my grievances against humanity and mechanical parts. <laughs> Joining me from the, uh, the world famous Alaniuses, Kristen Alanius. <laughs> Hello, Kristen. Hello. And Damien Dunn, no relation. Dame, you and I were in a, a business business presentation yesterday and we both ran ran to disclaim each other as lineage uh i think that says a lot about us i think it does i hate the concept of nepotism so i think that is the ringing idea there how about yeah, the yes uh, yeah go ahead you're really quick to say that when you're talking to people who we aren't doing business with too well because i don't like nepotism <laughs> you know what i'm saying good morning rick swink good morning andy hope you all are well uh, so Dame, I spoke to a group of school superintendents yesterday mm. and I want you guys to tell me if my opening joke was funny. Oh no. Okay. Okay. okay go up there. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, Peter Dunn. That's me. That's people clapping <laughs> and me walking up. And I said, <laughs> I want you all to think back when you were merely intendants. And I want to think about, I want you to think about how far you've come. <laughs> I get it. I would have chuckled. Superintendents, yeah. and they were just intendants, and now they're superintendents. Did they get it? I don't know. Kristen, the face you're making. I'm sorry. Uh, I feel like you should verbalize it for those that, that want to I... get your feeling. <laughs> My face tells the whole story. We've talked about that. I didn't, I didn't get it. That's on me, though. It's not your fault that I was too slow. Uh, that was pretty clever. Um, how's everybody doing? Kristen, you good? Everything good yeah. with you? Yeah. yeah, things are good. Dame. House fresh. projects coming along. Yeah. Dame. Oh, by the way, let's, let's talk about why there wasn't a show last week. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> two of the three people that make this show possible were in their basements with COVID. So one was me. The other one was my brother, Damian Dunn. <laughs> Guilty. And the weird thing is, I gave it to him on a Zoom call on Tuesday. He and I were on a Zoom call on Tuesday. I said, bye, buddy. Love you. I blew him a kiss. <laughs> Through Zoom, gave him my COVID. That's why they call it COVID, video-induced sickness. So anyway, COVID, y'all. Still here, apparently. Um, Kristen, you know communicable diseases that <laughs> he wanted to disclose? You good? <laughs> I'm good. It, I took the day off though, because we don't take Fridays off a lot around here. That was yeah. that's pretty nice. It was pretty nice. Yeah. Good for you. I'll have to check the PTO logs. Okay, everybody, let's uh, let's do a show the, today. We're gonna do our first look at our stock picks of the year. Who's doing well? Who is named Peter? Um, <laughs> then we're also gonna do if we could change a financial raw law raw law or regulation, what would it be? And then what's the third? Oh, the other one is can you ever stop saving money? Uh, is there ever a scenario in which you should stop saving money? Those are the things you want to do. Can we start with the stock picks? 
Sure. <laughs> Kristen, you go to that? I'm fine with that. <laughs> oh, oh, we've got a Jim. Jim, hello, Jim. Good to see you. Thanks for joining us. Happy Friday to you. A dog. Is there a dog in that picture? Yes. Oh, good visual reference for the podcast. Okay, guys, let's do a radio show. Dame, um, you and I did discuss this week before we get go too further. It's possible we may have to get more professional on this podcast. Yeah, but only in stretches. Right. Does Kristen know about the, uh, our requirement of possibly needing to get more professional? No, I haven't told her about it yet because I didn't want to stress her out for the show. Okay. <laughs> well, she, but it turns out she's not the problem. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. She's, she just keep doing what you're doing. Okay. Pete and I watch. Yeah, just don't, don't tell me any different. It's fine. It turns out that maybe I go a little fast and loose on this thing. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I don't know. It, it drives ratings, Pete. Ratings. Andy says no. All right, we won't do it, Andy. We don't stick do it. the show. There you go. It's, here's the thing. Um, like I can either be myself to, at a ten, or I can throttle it. Like it can be a different level. And various times, it is important to throttle it. Dame, you and I were in this meeting of which we disclaimed our our bloodlines the other day, and I was not even close to a ten. No, I was a five, maybe. I think that's a stretch. It is possible to say that this show, based on how it might be used in the future, might need to go to maybe an eight. But not all the time. I mean, we can pick and choose when we're going to use those. I know. I think we can do it. People love vague inside baseball. That's why we've got nearly three million downloads at this point for the show, uh, by the way. Uh, Lil Spence, 49 has a beautiful beard. Don't change. Love the humor mixed in. This is a big reason why I've been listening for multiple years. We cannot lose little since 49, little Spence 49. It's over. It's over. Okay. Uh, let's get started. Uh, how's this work? We were off for a, a week and I'm like, oh, what, how's the, what's the mechanism of the show? It's amazing. I forgot to pause my Slack notifications one week and I've already out of routine. Are you wearing your ear monitors, Kristen? Yeah. Like, have you worn them for a full show? Yeah. Ever since the day that I promised to practice because I had anxiety, I've worn them since then. <laughs> yeah, good for you. Good for you. Oh, uh, since I was sequestered in my basement for a long time, I've, I've watched most of the television that exists. I watched Tulsa King on so Paramount Plus with so Sylvester good. Stallone. It's amazing. And so here's good. what's great about it. If I may, TV recos from your boy, your boy. Number one, Sylvester Stallone is a completely underrated dramatic actor. <laughs> underrated. Because he's, you know, he's the action guy. Underrated dramatic actor. Number two, the entire show is at the Mayo Hotel in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And when I go to Tulsa, or I used to go to Tulsa for business, I used to stay at the Mayo. And it, it's literally at the Mayo. And like I, I sat in a chair that the show's at at the coffee shop right next to the Mayo. It's it's wild. That the whole show is at this hotel that I've spent so much time at. It's crazy. Is it a uh, movie or a series? It's a series, Tulsa King. I think there's eight episodes, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> how, Kristen, you know these things. How do people choose how many episodes to do in these series? Because they'll go from eight to 24 to 10 and 11. It's like, how, who does this? 
I have no idea, and I do not like the inconsistency. I agree. I want to know how many episodes. I want like five, a mid-season break, and five or whatever, but I just want it to be the same. You know what the worst thing in the world is? Literally the worst thing ever. Forget death. It's when you finish a show and you didn't realize it was the finale for that season, and you just didn't put the proper importance on the episode. Mm Mm-mm. What? The worst thing ever is when you get halfway through a series that you thought you could binge watch and Netflix or Hulu or whoever only released part of the season and you're waiting for like the next episode to start. Okay, sure. That's the worst. Clearly, these are the problems of people who were <laughs> um, stuck with COVID. You know, I did describe my condition in my basement as like I felt like I was in a Canadian prison because my basement is very nice. Uh but it sucked because I was down there alone. I could do anything. My wife would like set food on the landing like I was, you know, supposed to put the lotion on my skin or I'd get the hose again. So I felt like like I've never been in a Canadian prison. I've never even seen a show about a Canadian prison. But I, I assume they're like super nice. Uh, and that's what I felt like last week. I think those are Scandinavian prisons. Oh, are they? You have to just put your cot together, though. You said cot. Okay. Three, two, one. This week on the Pete the Planner Show, we answer your money questions. Here's how the show works. You email us askpete at petetheplanner.com. That's askpete at petetheplanner.com. And uh, this is our show. It's a radio show. It appears all over the place. It is, in fact, syndicated. I don't know why I felt the need to mention that today, although sometimes my ego needs a boost. Joining me, as always, is my brother, Damian Dunn. Vice President of Advice. He was given the title of Vice President at Your Money Line because of our relation. And Kristen Alanius, <laughs> who is the Director of Education, who got a lesser title, like down way down the food chain, because we're not related. Yeah. That's, yeah. How's that sound, guys? That's perfect. perfect. Okay. <laughs> All right. So uh, early in the year, we did stock picks. We do this every year. Kristen joined uh, this uh, menagerie for the first time this year. So we picked best stock of the year individually. Each of us did the worst stock of the year. And we chose the uh, end point for the S&P 500 for the year. And occasionally throughout this year, 2023, we will give you updates as to how it's going. Dame, can you please take us through the journey of how's it going in the stock picks of the year contest? Yeah, I, I think it's important to uh, point out uh, that this is not investment advice, and I think some of that will become readily apparent pretty quickly. But uh, let's start with uh, let's start with the good news. Let's start with the winners, Pete. Okay, Pete, so you, the, you, these are people who thought we thought we all picked where we thought was going to be. We just had to beat each other. We don't have to beat yeah. anybody else. We just had to beat each other. The highest performing stock by the end of the year. What did we choose? How's it going, Pete? Uh, you may not remember what you chose. I don't. Okay, that's a great start. Uh, you chose Bank of America. Oh, how's it going? <laughs> Bank of America is having an okay year, uh, up 4.69%. 4.69% so far into 2023. Not too shabby, right? Better than a second case of COVID. That's right, or third, or whatever. <laughs> I picked Apple. Up okay. 16 and a half, 16.53% in the year. If you're keeping track, folks, that is higher than 4.69%. So by almost I, four times, <clears throat> I have pulled into the lead at this, this stage. 
Not that it matters because Kristen chose Tesla. Tesla uh, so far is up 71.69% for the year. Okay. I, I, there, there's, I got some issues that we need to discuss here. Number one, what about this big recall that's going on right now? Hundreds of thousands of cars just announced yesterday. I will tell you uh, that Tesla opened the day lower than 71.69%. So it doesn't appear that it's going to have a huge effect just yet. <sighs> well, okay. I also want to point out when we did our picks, it was a few days into the year and mm -hmm. Tesla was down, I want to say double digits to start it the year and has not and already recovered up 71. Kristen, how did you gain this insight that allowed you to, to just destroy us? Uh, Elon and I are friends. Ew. I'm kidding. That's oh. <laughs> Come on. I could totally see him sliding into the DMs, allegedly. No. Yeah. You're a very popular personality on TikTok. Mm -hmm. And so I bet he was on your uh, personal finance TikToks, just been like, hey, girl from South Africa. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know what he would say. Well, how does, the, hey, how does he flex? Hey. Um, ever been on a rocket? Oh, that's pretty good. Um, Dame, uh, all right. So those are the picks. Kristen's winning that one. Yep. Ooh, ooh. Then we picked the losers of the years. We just had to pick the biggest loser, which for someone like me seems like it'd be easy because I tend to yeah. do that. Yeah. So um, yeah, I, I do want to uh, remind everyone that Kristen chose Tesla as her winner, which is up seventy-one-ish percent as we speak. Pete also chose Tesla for his loser which has the same return of 71.69%. So Tesla, uh, Pete, his loser, up 71.69%. But if I'm the biggest loser of the biggest loser contest, doesn't that make me the biggest loser? Or doesn't make me the winner? That's some next level math. But oh I'm going to say no. That's not how the spirit of the game is being played right now, Pete. All right, what uh, did you pick? I chose Xerox. Xerox is up 13.21%. Year oh, to date. Well, we're not good at this. So uh, at least my winner is having a better return than my loser, but not by a huge margin, only about 3%, 3.5%. Wait, my loser's killing my winner. By a lot. Oh, yeah. By a oh, lot. Oh, my gosh. This yeah. is not good. Yeah. So just imagine if you had shorted Tesla right now. No, I would be in trouble. It's all the paper that Xerox makes. Yes, exactly. It's, it's nice. that huge paper business that Xerox has. <laughs> empires uh kristen kristen chose rite aid oh boy they're up 14.84 percent <laughs> you're terrible at this christy <laughs> not good <laughs> not right, good so th th those are tough th those are tough now this is the one that i'm really interested in the s p 500 pick of the year we just had to, to say what do we think it ends up or down as a percentage what were our guesses and where is it right now? Well, where is it right now? Okay, well, we'll start there. S&P 500 year to date, about 5.5%. 5.51 as of the latest refresh of my data. Okay, up 5 point up. whatever. Yeah, up yep. 5%. Okay. Uh, we will go uh, lowest to highest in choices. Sure. I, I chose a 2% overall year to date or uh, return for 2023. 2%. Ooh. A lot okay. of year to go. True. Kristen chose 13%. Ooh, tracking. Pete, You're tracking. Pete chose a robust 19% return in the S&P 500 this year. You know what? I almost want to revise mine. 
Do we want to revise? Too early for revisions. No. I want 34%. <clears throat> I'll give you 34%. <laughs> no, I, I'm feeling confident here. This is not investment advice. Don't do a single thing we say within your investments. I don't know, Dame. I think we're going to shake out of this recession, uh, whatever it is. Do you think we're? Uh, do, you, do you think recession is going to happen? Let's let's transition here for a second. Do you think Good recession point. is going to happen? Uh, I don't think anybody knows. I, I, I because I, for the longest time I would have said that the Fed was almost going to guarantee a mild recession. They're, they're just what, what they, they were trying to. Yeah, I just like yeah, I mean, yeah. really, really push with the employment stuff and interest rates, and I don't know now. I I'm completely up in the air on this. Kristen? I feel the same way. It seems like variables that I would tend to look at for guidance on whether I think that's where we're headed feel kind of out of alignment just in general. When we talk about economic cycles leading lagging indicators, it doesn't feel like things are doing textbook what I've learned. I don't know. And I made a statement a few seconds ago and I think I'm right. And Dame, you may not know whether I'm right or not. Kristen will, but she won't tell us. Uh, the Fed is trying to cause a recession, is it not? Isn't I, it trying to contract the the, the yeah. pace of the economy? I sure thought they were, especially with some of the, the comments that were coming out saying employment, unemployment is going to go up. They were just say, stating matter of fact, we are going to do everything we're, we need to do to get it to a point where basically we're going to force unemployment on the economy and to slow this down. And it hasn't happened. And I don't know how many more levers they're going to try and pull to try and make that happen without causing some maybe more serious damage. Yeah. Kristen, I feel like our picks for the S and P ending point are really determined by what the Fed are does or doesn't do going forward. Like Dame, Dame, if, if the Fed just sort of does what it's doing right now, Dame could win. Mm -hmm. If they abandon ship, I think you and I have a better chance. Mm -hmm. I think that's a fair statement. All right, let's do this. Coming up after the break, speaking of regulations and laws, actually we weren't, but we are next segment. We're going to talk about if we could pick one financial law or regulation, what would it be and why would we change it? What impact would it have? It'll be exciting. And if you follow the show, Damon Kristen will be right, and mine will be ridiculous because I'm Pete the Planner, and this is the Pete the Planner show. That was a good outro. You know what? Um, the old man's got some tricks every once in a while. <laughs> uh, Kristen, what do you want to be good at right now in your life? Is there anything in your life that you're like, you know what? I want to put the effort in to be really good at this. What is it? Um, I would say that I want to put the effort into being better at endurance cycling, which I was doing pretty consistently last year, um, and moving and moving and moving. Um, it just wasn't something that I've kept up with and I've been back on my game in that space and I just want to continue to improve. God, that is so you, <laughs> what do you want to be good at? I want to be good at hell on earth is what Kristen's <laughs> answer is. <laughs> it's like torturing, torturing myself. Yeah. You know what though, Kristen, um, I don't necessarily want to be good at endurance cycling, but I, you know, as spring, what do you say? Mm -hmm. Spring thaws, winter, I don't know what happens. Springs, springs. Uh, I do want to get back on my road bike and start riding mm -hmm. more, uh, but I don't want to be good at it. I just want to get less <laughs> chunky. Um, yeah. 
I mean, good is relative. I want to be able to do, I'm a Peloton girly, right? Like I want to be able to do the 90 minute power zone endurance ride mm. with Matt Wilpers and not feel like I'm going to die. So that's well, the goal. The fear of death is never a good time. Dame, what uh, do you want to be good at in your life right now? Being a dad. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Aww. That's lovely. That's so wholesome. Sorry. That's where I'm at. Nice. Um, I want to be good at running a company. Like that's what I, I want to be good at. <laughs> I really do. Which it sounds like I know we're at work right now. <laughs> and like, it sounds like I just want to be like, I've been good at other things and you know, it's been fun and I've enjoyed it. Uh, I want to learn to be good at this. So mm-hmm. I got a lot, I got a long way to go, but I'm trying. So yeah, full disclosure, I, I want you, I want you to be good at that too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dame, I want you to be a good father to both your children and my children. So, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, the second son was like, I want to be a better husband or better parent than everyone else is like, oh, damn, I have to say uh, that too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, Danza, uh, whether uh, she says CEO, CEO, CEOing is hard. Um, CEOing is one of those jobs that is both incredibly difficult and no one cares. <laughs> like, wait, but I mean, but, but understandably so. I'm not, I am not complaining. I'm just saying it is one of those things. Just by the title alone, the, the connotation that comes to your mind of, oh, it's a CEO. It is incredibly difficult and you can't tell anyone about it other than maybe someone else who's in the exact same position. Kristen, do you want me uh, hitting you up on Slack for a one on one where I complain about how hard being a CEO is? So that doesn't seem like it makes sense, does it? Yeah, but I also think that we work at an organization with overly empathetic people. So I don't know if our organization would be the best representation of that, but I certainly think that at most organizations that would not fly. Yeah, that's probably true. All right, uh, let's do a thing and it's called what rate? I'm going last. Can I go last here? Is that all right? Sure. Okay. All right. So uh, in three, two, one. Back on the Pete the Planner show. It's a radio show. I'm Pete, the planner. And uh, it's a financial show, it turns out. And it's a financial show that doesn't encourage you to call us next week when the weekend's over so we can sell you things. We just answer questions. That's all we do. I mean, really, it's it's a dream come true for everyone involved. Ask Pete at PeteThePlanner.com is how you ask your question. And here on this very platform known as the radio, we answer it. Uh, joining me, Kristen Alanius, Director of Education at Your Money Line. And Damien Dunn, Vice President of Advice at Your Money Line. These people know what they're talking about. I'm just here for my aesthetic. Okay. What financial law or regulation would you change and why is the topic? Uh, we're going to sandwich a, a good idea between Dame and I's answers. Okay. So, Dame, you go first, then Kristen, okay. and then I will go last. So, Dame, what law or regulation would you change and why? I think I would change the availability of HSAs. I would remove the requirement to have it tied to a high deductible healthcare plan and make an HSA uh, qualification free. If you wanted to save money for future uh, health needs or current health needs, I want to help you do that. If you want to stash cash, uh, even get some tax advantages out of it, go for it. And it, you know, frankly, if you go that route, it doesn't matter if you are um, you know, on the lower end of the income spectrum, if you're on the upper end of the income spectrum, because you could potentially use that money in the current year if you wanted to and still be um, incentivized to do that by running money through your HSA and potentially increase your uh, um, health levels 
by doing that. So I would remove any restrictions for HSAs and just make that another investment product or vehicle that you could um, sign up for wherever you wanted. May I play devil's advocate for a moment, sir? Sure. I agree with you, by the way. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and so I've heard people say things like 529 plans or HSAs only benefit the wealthy uh, and that they are unfair in that regard. How does a person on the lower end of the economic scale benefit from that deregulation? Because what you've just said, I think, helps upper middle class and upper class in terms of, but how would it serve people who are making not that much money? Yeah, I, there's not going to be as much of a incentive to do that because the uh, income tax burdens for folks on the lower end of the, the income, uh, the taxation scale is you know, probably not going to work out necessarily uh, for them. But maybe you change it to um, something to where you get a tax credit. Uh, so it's a refundable tax credit if you are uh, under a certain income level as well to encourage people to uh, take care of themselves a little bit. And by the way, the rules weren't that we only had to pick things that benefited everyone. That's just what rule or regulation would you want changed? Yeah, that's a fair question. A yeah, yeah, that's that's fine. I mean, feel feel free to beat up whatever mine is as well. You know, the thing about HSA is they, they can get frustrating because they're they're meant to be matched with a high deductible healthcare plan. And if you don't have a high deductible healthcare plan, if you have a traditional plan, or your employer, you know, specifically for your employer, then you can't contribute to an HSA, which is an amazing vehicle in, in many respects. We've talked about it on here before. It's called it's it's said to be triple tax advantaged, which means you can deduct the contribution on your current tax year. The growth that may occur in that account is not subject to taxes on an ongoing basis. And you, when you withdraw the money for uh, medically qualified expenses, then there's no tax there either. And so it's funny, Dame, like I, I almost match this up with 401k uh, uh, limits. It's like the more people can save to their 401k, the better it is for everyone. The more people that can save towards an HSA, the better it is for everyone uh, other than tax revenue, right? Yeah. Yeah. My second option, which I don't want to say in case it's Kristen's, but would have involved more of the, uh, it, it basically would have been uh, consolidating all the different retirement account types into basically an employer sponsored plan and an individual plan as well. And just getting rid of all the different tax laws that, that muddy the waters. Kristen. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I, I'm sorry. I was just going to say that I think the HSA, I think the thing that's hard is, is it even about the tax benefit in all cases? I think it's also about being able to save for expenses that tend to um, throw your budget off balance or throw your spending plan off balance. So by giving someone a specific vehicle to do that, I think that that benefits people. And then as I'm very biased, as someone who used to have access to TRICARE who does not, um, I'd never had access to an HSA. And man, would it have been nice to have had an HSA. You have an HSA now at your money line. Sure I'm sorry, it's not an employment. <laughs> uh, Kristen, what law or regulation would you change? I would, I would amend the Fair Credit Reporting Act and I would reduce the number of years that items stay on your credit report. I think seven years is too long. Okay. I like this. 
Uh, Dame, I'm not say- like I said. Uh, <laughs> we wanted Kristen's in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, say more, young lady. I don't know what the answer is because I understand that there has to be some way for creditors to measure your credit worthiness and the items on your credit report obviously tell them and your score tells them that story, but we're human beings and seven years is a long time. I think to penalize someone for, uh, you know, they forgot to change their address and their old cable bill went somewhere and it went to collections. Now it's going to sit there for seven years. I just think it's too long. Okay, so I'm going to ask a, a pretty hot take question here. I think we, I, I'm confident that all three of us can acknowledge there are certain laws and regulations in our country that are really born out of things like systemic racism. I, I, I will make that statement. You can agree or disagree. You're welcome to. But I, I will say, like, in terms of housing situations and things like that, it's just redlining. It's a thing. It's real. Yes. Kristen, is it possible as we try to get out over our <laughs> on this weekend radio show? Is it possible that some of the rules and regulations around credit are, are based in sort of uh, systemic racism? A hundred percent possible. And I also think that the Fair Credit Reporting Act, I just looked at the date, was originally published in October of 1970. Like, we we live in a very different much faster paced world. So maybe, you know, in the seventies it was reasonable, but life just moves so much faster than that. And I don't think that that reporting requirement is reflective of that fast pace. All right. What was it? A couple of weeks ago, we uh, got into sports gambling and that became a really hot take. And now mm-hmm. that we're at the fair credit report being uh, based in systemic racism is the hot take of the day. I, I feel good about actually both those takes since they're mine. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. All right. So here's mine. Here, I have two and, and one Rick uh, Swink, Big Rick Swink. Because every uh, day, uh, every Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern, we live stream this show on Facebook Live, YouTube Live, and Twitter. And uh, one of our greatest listeners, that is Big Rick Swink, uh, gave mine, one of mine, which is to remove congressional insider trading. I do not believe that members of Congress should be able to trade equities. Uh, I just don't. I feel like they've got way too much information and their own self-interest often uh, reportedly, allegedly, and documented uh, get put before those of the rest of the country. And I have a problem with that. But my other one, as we wrap up this segment... There should be no cryptocurrency within retirement plans through employers. I think it is unsuitable. I think it's negligent. I think if an employer has cryptocurrency as an investing option within their 401k, that they are not being a good steward of their coworkers' opportunity to build actual stability. Now, I realize we have hundreds of clients here at Your Money Line, and I've possibly just thrown someone under the bus, but let's hope they're like the rest of America and don't listen to this show. Coming up after the break, more fun, frivolity, and finance. I'm Pete the Planner. Do By the way, Dame, you, you probably know this. Do we have any clients that... Uh, I don't know. I don't. Chris, do you know? I don't know. Do you agree? I, 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 is there anything more me than giving my hot cake and then not let anyone weigh in on it? Yeah, it was great. 
That's fine. Sorry. I I, do, I, I do have a, a pretty interesting crypto story that I'm going to oh. share during the news. Oh, okay. I was going to say, I thought it was going to be coming back. No, I mean, I can, but oh, it's... No. Okay, whatever. I didn't expect that segment to turn into hot takes, but I liked it. <laughs> Actually, I feel like we need to come back. I got to let you guys uh, react to mine. I, it's only fair. I mean, do you have anything to say or not really? I don't, if you don't really you have anything meaningful to add. I mean, Damien probably does, but I don't. I mean, it just would have been poking, like saying, why you want to restrict freedom? It's people's choice to choose, Pete. <laughs> what are you going to say? You just come back and do it. It's because it's straight facts. That's something that would uh, Kristen would say. No. Straight facts. No. Uh, Ted... Never mind. Uh, I'm not going to tell that story. <laughs> I am going to Memphis this weekend for a soccer tournament with young Theodore. I'm leaving Hi. this afternoon. Uh, I'm excited. We're going to the Civil Rights Museum. I've always wanted to go to the Civil Rights Museum, and we are taking the boys. A little a little cultural experience for our boys, so I'm excited about that. Nice. Have you been, Dave? I have never been to Memphis. Neither have I. <laughs> looking forward to it. A little barbecue, a little uh, civil rights, a little... Bass Pro at the Pyramid, sort of thing. How many games? How many? Do you have a rough idea of how many games you've got this weekend? Yeah, it's 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 not great. Uh, we we are going to be there <laughs> Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, and we have a a game on each day. A game, a game on each Ooh. day. We play Missouri and Kansas and Iowa. I think. Wow. Because we're the state of Indiana's team. Anyway, wow. Youth sports is just mind blowing. You to me. have no. It just blue. blows my mind. <laughs> like, like how old's how old's Ted? He is uh, a strapping ten-year-old boy. Right, Carmel's full of ten-year-old boys who can play. What is this soccer? Yeah, it is <laughs> I soccer. It's just mind-blowing to me. So it's it, yeah. I mean, I I won't go too deep into it, but it is. I agree, Kristen. It is the <laughs> dumbest thing in the world. It is, and I, I'm part of it. Never mind that the other two members of our household are going to St. Louis for a different event this weekend. Oh, I mean, I, I, look, I'm I'm the problem, everybody. You're like, what's wrong with this world? Peter Dunn. Peter Dunn's the problem. <laughs> Peter Dunn and the train derailment and the UFOs. Those, and yeah. Chat GPT. Those. Let me, let me go through the four oh, biggest problems in the world right now. Chat, Chat GPT. Why? No. no, 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 no. That big that the Bing search thing. Okay, the oh. Bing search yeah. robot. Did you read the? The story in the Times yesterday, uh, this two-hour chat their tech editor had with their the chat thing from Bing. The Bing is, 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 is that where he said, "I want to be alive." Is that he what said it? he wants to be alive? Yeah. And then it listed oh, all of the gosh. ways it's going to sabotage the world, including uh, stealing the nuclear codes, pitting people against each other. Okay, shutting down the power grid. Okay, so the worst things in the world. Let me go through it again. AI. Oh the train derailment in Ohio, just east of Canton, all the UFOs, and me. Like Those are four worst things in the world. How about that train derailment? Yeah, that's not great. Not good at all. I want to know more. Mm-mm. Why, well, you don't, like, why don't you want to know more? I, like, I don't. Like, tw- Twitter's up in arms. Like, is, like, we've had like four or five derailments like in pretty close succession and some of them mm-hmm. also having hazardous chemicals on them. And then somebody's like, you don't understand how many train derailments are in the U S every year. It's thousands and thousands of derailments that are is like, 
I don't know if that makes me feel better about that. Does not make me feel good. I always just thought it was this show that got derailed on a regular basis. It's Mm. more than us. Yeah, I'm just like, you know, I just keep getting this vision of of officials going, "Hey, everybody, it's okay." And like, anytime you hear hear like a big blanket. Look, I know there's a mushroom cloud. It's okay. It's okay. Everyone calm down. Kristen won't get this reference, but you might, Pete. Do you remember the movie uh, The Naked Gun with Leslie Nielsen? Yes. He's standing in front of a fireworks factory that is going up in flames and everything. He's standing out. There's nothing to see here. Please move along. It's just this beautiful fireworks display behind him. and That's kind of what it feels like. Uh, Uh, Only on the other end of the spectrum. All right. You know what? We should never mind. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> let's go to talk politics. I was like, let's mm, not do that. I'm not. Let's not. I had enough coffee for that. Okay, let's start a radio show. Three, two, one. Back on the Pete the Planner show. You know, we get this form of a question all the time. Can I ever stop saving money? Like, I, I save, I save, I save, I invest, invest. Like, at any point in time, can I stop saving money? Is it ever right to just be like, okay, enough, done? Let's unsave money. Let's just, the rest of my relationship with money will be spending it, not preserving it. And that's the topic of the day. Kristen, you're the smart one here. Did I capture that well? You did capture that well. That was very good. Great intro. Dame, is that the spirit of what we wanted to talk about? Yeah, I think so. Where shall we begin? Dame, I mean, like, um, so, so there's the accumulation phase of of your life which all three of us are in we're trying to stack those pensions uh right like there's that and then there's decumulation which which is retirement or financial independence or when you use those nuts in the tree to survive the rest of your life um is it that simple Tim? it could be but i mean it's you say for things other than retirement as well i'm sure you're trying to stack a whole bunch of cash to use to cover all of your different expenses that you're going to have in retirement. But up until then, I mean, you're saving for who knows any number of other um, expenses or, or things that may pop up in your life. And it's that uh, daily need, the things that you might pull into an, an emergency fund that I think is really interesting because emergencies don't go away once you are re- in retirement. And in theory, saving for retirement is preparing for those emergencies that you're going to draw out of. I think the interesting question becomes some people are really, really good at saving. They get, uh, dare I say, addicted to saving. Do they continue saving in retirement? And I can say, because I have firsthand experience with this, there are some people that absolutely do. They, they live on a fixed income and they don't spend it all intentionally because they love saving. And so it continues to grow. In is that purpose driven though, Dame? Is that saving built by the feeling you just talked about, or is it is it stoked by the desire to pass money on to others? Like, how do you see it? I think it's completely uh, emotion and uh, feeling driven. Because uh, do they does this uh, particular family want to pass money on? Yeah, they do. I, but it's it's not um, a primary driver of their motivation they've they've lived a, a long life of uh you know, being frugal with their money and responsible with their purchases and they put in the hard work they were excellent savers and there is in their working years and they got to retirement and it turns out they were crushing their power percentage they didn't they were very 
independent of their income. They didn't need all of the streams of income that were coming to their lives. So what are they going to do with it? Well, they just keep saving it. And they Kristen, like it. Yeah, how do you view this? I think it's really hard because I think about two different types of people. I think about the person who hit the ground running, they graduated from school, they've been saving well, your save your power percentage is ever increasing, you're in that 30% plus range. I don't know how someone like that gets to retirement and turns that part of their brain off or has a equally as healthy relationship with just spending. And I'm kind of speaking about myself there. I I don't know how I would ever get to a point where I wasn't saving. And then I think about this other camp of people who maybe didn't start out saving aggressively for retirement and they had to play catch up because they didn't always have this healthy relationship with saving. And then is it just as dangerous to give someone who hasn't always had that balance permission to just just spend, just spend it. I think psychologically, there's a lot more to unpack there. What about this idea that let's say you're retired and I know this isn't about strictly retirement and financial independence, but Dame, let's, let's paint a scenario in which you have a pension and you have income derived from your assets. Okay. And let, let's say that you could safely, I'm making things up. You could safely derive $50,000, very safely derive $50,000 a year of income from your assets and your social security husband and wife, whatever is $50,000 as well. So it's a hundred thousand dollars, but you only live on 60,000 bucks. So there's sort of two ways to look at this. You could take the income, you could thaw the savings and then refreeze it, you know, <laughs> or you could just not take the income. Am I splitting hairs or are those the same thing? Um, well, it depends on how the income, you know, what account types you have the money saved in. You may be forced, and that's where right. that refreeze comes back in to where you, you know, basically take it out, take what you have to, and put it back in wherever you want. But um, I, it's I just an interesting question overall is that what happens in those situations? What, do you become incredibly charitable with with uh, with the money? Do you uh, stack it for uh, future use for yourself, or you know, start funding grandkids' educations, or or uh, you just sit on it because you like the security and uh, of having some extra cash. And I think that's what this really starts to get down to is not only the behavior that you've created in yourself over a great number of years, but it's also the emotion of knowing that that money is there. If I absolutely need it, I'm living a comfortable life the way I, the way I want to live because that man, that conversation can go wrong. If you, uh, advisors if 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 they're looking at somebody who uh, has a whole bunch of money in the bank and they're like well i only need thirty five thousand dollars this year and they say well why don't you go spend it and have some have some fun you got plenty of money here that can go horribly wrong because they're not tied into the values that that person has or the emotions that they they may um unknowingly struggle with because they have a uh, an emotional dependency on having that money available there for whatever cause they they darn well please yeah, Kristen doesn't everyone just dream of earning the right to not care about money I mean but but <laughs> in in order to do that you form this habit that right. you have to continue right right I actually wrote this piece this is super timely I just wrote this piece that went out to a cohort at work um yesterday actually we have and cohorts it was... oh yes. actually yeah. I did see that article I did and see it's that. like 
are you saving too much? Because that's exactly right. Is like I, on your way to this like freedom from caring too much about money, you get into this. I feel like it's really easy to get to this place where you care too much. And I wrote in the piece that like, I think as a society, we've kind of collectively decided that caring too much, even though that might not be healthy, it's so much better than the alternative. Like let's, let's not even worry about it. And I I think that's what we're getting at here too. I feel like, okay, so let's separate Dame and I from, from young Kristen here for a moment. Dame and I live a very, 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 very similar financial life. Dame, do you think so? Yeah, I think we're in the ballpark. Right. And I, I think it's because of of we have two young people in each of our homes mm-hmm. and then a, a, a woman that tolerates us. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're, we're basically the same. Share last name, same haircut. You know what I mean? Not related. Uh, the idea of stop saving right now just seems so imprudent and it seems so impossible. And even though you and I are both tracking towards our retirement goals, I can't even get my head to a point of stop saving. Now, Kristen, so that's our reality. You have a completely different life and lifestyle. Is it the same thing for you, though? It's the same. I just think it maybe presents itself a little bit differently. Damien and I were talking about this, and I said, I fully adopt the lazy man's budget. All the money goes out on payday. Whatever's left, I can spend on what I want. And I still love to give myself this little pat on the back when I transfer money to savings on the next payday, the money that I didn't spend. But the reality is, is that it's there for me to spend on what I want. So am I ever going to have a relationship with money where I don't save it? doesn't seem likely. You know, there's little things in life that if you do, they just feel wrong. Like if you're speeding way too fast, like on a main street and it's 30 miles an hour and you're going, so you feel, you do it and you feel wrong or you're fishing at a pond that says no fishing <laughs> sign on it. <laughs> I feel like if I were to, this is a kind of a different angle of this. Let's say I were to stop my contributions to my 401k right now. I would have so much anxiety. I would just feel like I'm doing something wrong. And what's odd about that, Dame, is I don't know if it's because I've been doing that for 20 some years and that's the way I feel that way. Whereas someone who is yet to start saving in their retirement plan doesn't view that as wrong, right? Yeah, uh, it's you know how much of it is habit, how much of it is uh, just who you are as a person. I think there's all sorts of stuff that you can get into here. And we won't. Coming up after the break, the biggest waste of money of the week. The best guest in the world is Kristen. Will she get it right this week? We'll see. I'm Pete the Planner. I tried to bring Kristen into the close there, and I blew by my time limit. That's a little less Johnny Cougar Mellencamp to play for the people now. Oh, no. Um, Pete, do you ever think about when you are retired? And just imagine, you know, you're you're in Italy in one of those houses you bought for a dollar. Oh, and uh, good callback. You start seeing the balances in your retirement accounts oh, go down on a regular basis. How does how does that make you feel? Does it give you anxiety? But, okay, great question. It probably should be um, a whole show. But in my mind, it kind of goes back to what I said a little earlier. I, I think my money's going to be growing faster than I take it out. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be depleting. It's just going to be naturally growing. That's the plan, at least. 
I mean, ideally, that's how it works. You are so independent from your income that you've done and so done such a great job at saving that you never run that risk. But it takes incredible discipline to not save or to not, sorry, not spend that much money and have other streams of income. And two, to have that much money stacked before you retire for those two things to come into reality. But if it was coming, I know Chris is about to say something, but I'm jump from her. Uh, <laughs> if I saw the balance coming down, I it it would freak me out beyond words. Yeah, I. But that happens every day. People are doing that every day, and we help 100%. those people. Yeah. I'm just saying, me personally, I yeah. would lose my mind. Yeah. Kristen, I I just view. I don't know. I I have a very. Um, I have a really strong opinion about like inheritances and like leaving money for like the next generation and how I don't feel that that's the current generation's obligation. And I'm not saying that's how you feel, but I'm saying for someone who also like subscribes to that idea that like, I just want to save what I need for me in my life. That is their reality of retirement is that the balance will be ever decreasing. And I personally would like for that to be my reality but you, I feel like I'm going to feel the same way that you just said, where it's like, if the balance would decrease, it would give me anxiety. So I don't know how both of those things can be true at once. Yeah. I mean, not that this is the topic. And by the way, this is between segments. So there is no topic. It's a free for all. I don't plan on leaving much money to my kids, right? Or my family. Like I'll leave some, but the rest of them I'm just going to give away. And so for me though, I don't know, but the, the, Dame, isn't this also a function of estate planning that some of these things are sort of funded with paperwork? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Which um, I know is the worst radio answer ever. Which, yes, absolutely. It depends is the worst radio answer ever. Uh, so I've taken dry January to the limits here. I, I am now 48 days without a drip of the, the devil's sweat. Um. What, Kristen, you need it like that? that? I didn't care for that really, you know. <laughs> I could have said something else. Um, I, it's fun. And, and I thought about that and I'm bringing it up now because Dame said something in the last segment early. He said, you can get addicted to savings. And, and, and for me, I, I'm not here to say I was addicted to alcohol. It's not my thing, whether I am or not or was or whatever. I was, I'm not, whatever. Anyway, who, uh, just as you can get addicted to spending money, I think you can get addicted to saving money. Just as I think you can get used to having a drink every night or, or pouring yourself uh, uh, three fingers of Glenlivet, uh, you can get addicted to abstaining from that. And so, like, where I'm, and this is not like a big like health revelation. I'm just like, I'm just not drinking. I'm just not interested in drinking, which is wild because, especially post COVID or COVID years, you just calm down, pour something in your glass and, and there you go. And so uh, weird time because this isn't like a social stance or a moral stance. It's just sort of like, yeah, I'm sort of addicted to not having anything to drink. It's sort of weird, you know? Pete, what if you went to a charity function and there was this amazing bottle of wine for auction? Would you buy it? And No, I mean, no. No, I mean, maybe it's a bad example. I will, I will go with this. Let's say I go to a friend's house and he has an amazing bottle of bourbon and he wants to pour me some. It would probably be the better example. I think I'd be fine right now. In fact, earlier yesterday, someone scheduled, hey, you want to have a drink? You know, like uh, mm -hmm. business drinks. And I was like, yeah, sure. And I'm going to go. I'm just not going to drink. I'm just going to like 
I don't know. Club soda. And I'm trying not to make, again, I'm really not going moral stance here. Like this isn't like, oh, I do CrossFit. You know, it's not that. (laughs) Kristen, do you feel attacked? No, not me. Oh, heavens no. I mean, I'm not trying to like call it anyone in the audience. but Oh, I have a Peloton. That's different. (laughs) Of course it is. (laughs) It's different because it doesn't, that applies to me. So we're not talking about it. Big Rick Swank, 51 days for me. I do. It's like, I, I, again, it's weird when you, you start counting the days that you haven't imbibed and, and you're, you're talking about it. Like you get a chip, like you're an AAA and you get a chip, but you're, you're, you're not, you never necessarily struggled or maybe you did. It's such a weird thing. I just like my current habits better than my old habits. Let's just go that way. I wonder how how many days you'll have to go before you stop thinking about, man, I've gone a long time without having a drink before it just becomes, that's, I just don't drink. Yeah. So it's interesting. I I kind of don't think about it. I I brought it up because you, you said something that triggered it. Um, But where I'm not at yet is to say, I don't drink. I think I'm, what I'm saying is I'm not drinking right Mm -hmm. now. And I don't really have, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I'll ever get to the point of, I don't drink. Cause I don't know if I feel that way. Is this all like, like no, I think it's interesting. Is this, is this interesting? I, think I mean, maybe but I guess we'll find out on iTunes. <laughs> I, <laughs> I think it's interesting because it speaks to the same personality that we were kind of just talking about is like, are you, are you someone who feels like you can maintain healthy balance? And for me, healthy balance is, not one or the other. So like, while I did dry January, don't think a healthy balance for me would be saying like, I don't drink because I think that that's feeding a different part of my personality and not the best way. So like for me, I don't think I would ever be someone who says like, I don't drink if we just continue to run with that example. Cause I, I, I need more balance than that. Yeah, I, I, you're right. And here's the dumb part about it. Like I, I am for me, it's a mood thing. Like I'm like, I feel like I'm in a much better mood when I, you know, am not having a drink every once in a while. And so it's not a health thing though, necessarily, but here's the dumb part, Kristen. I've been eating like I'm judging a burger contest. Like I'm just eating. Like I'm just (laughs) like, let's go. I'm like on man versus food every day. And so it's not a health thing. That's like a dumb thing. Who knows? (laughs) All right, let's do a show. Um, All right. Dame, did you have anything else you want to say there? Nope. All right. (sighs) Holier than thou, Pete the Planner. The moral compass of the show. The moral compass. I don't eat chicken. I do eat chicken. All of them. Three, two, one. This week's biggest waste of money of the week right here on the Pete the Planner show is the Mont Blanc and Ferrari Mm. Stilemma SP3 pen. It's it's a writing instrument. It's a fountain pen, y'all. It's a when Ferrari's chief design officer uses a pen, it can't be just any pen. I'm going to call a timeout here. Um, I find it hard as a Midwesterner to, to distinguish between the word pen and pen, mm-hmm. like P I N P E N. Kristen, mm-hmm. I want you to say P I N first, and then I want you to say P E N after that. So I want to hear yours. Pen. 
I can't pen and pen. <laughs> <laughs> they sound the same. I say them again. Pen and pen. Same. Pin pen. Pin yeah. pen. pen. Pin pen. That's why Flavio Manzoni sat down with Mont Blanc to design the <laughs> SP3, a writing instrument inspired by the Daytona SP3 hypercar. The pen. Uh, the pen <laughs> <laughs> uses a titanium body and Mont Blanc white gold nib with a filling mechanism integrated into the translucent red blade running the length of the body. Removing the blade reveals the mechanism crafted from white gold. There's only 599 units will be made available and they are sold by special appointment. Kristen, a woman of diverse talents yet <laughs> the world's worst bomb guesser who the just worst. happens to co-host the show Kristen, what do you think this pen costs can i ask a question before yeah, i answer of please yeah. this is a mont blanc pen which is like a fancy type of pen and then this right. is specific to ferrari so this right. is like a specialty specialty pen it's a collab Okay, I have no idea how much these fancy pens are. Uh, you never, you never graduated from high school. <laughs> <laughs> was that a thing when you were in high school? Like, Dame, Dame, it was for you and I. People bought you a fancy pen. Yeah. Did people buy fancy pens in the year 2015 or whenever you graduated? <laughs> uh, no, no. People gave me money to buy a MacBook. What oh. What year did you graduate high school? Or do you not want to name your age? I can. The way? I don't care. I I graduated high school in 2012. Okay, I was close. Um, <laughs> people bought you a MacBook and not a $100 pen? Money for a MacBook. Like, instead of buying an individual gift, it was money because I wanted to take a Mac to college. <laughs> Privilege. Um, <laughs> That's me. So what do, you th- what do you think it costs? Thousand bucks. All right, thousand dollars. Uh, do you want to be on the nine ninety nine side of it, or do you want to just be uh, above that? Yeah, nine ninety nine ninety nine, Bob. Okay. That's... Uh, <laughs> that was funny, Dane. Thank what do you, you got? Uh, it, her guess is wildly low. There's no way oh, that's. Uh, I mean, a, a a regular pen is probably somewhere in the you know few hundred dollars range of this, and so you're gonna tack on at least ten percent, and then more. I'm gonna go with twelve thousand dollars. What? Oh. Terrible guesses. I love you guys. Um, $27,500. Yeah. That's a pretty good bait. I mean, of of the 12, 14 years, however long I'm doing the show and doing this segment, that's up there. That's a pen for $27,500. You know, you'd lose it on the first day too. Oh, absolutely. You know, it writes like it's terrible. It's, it's a horrible writing instrument. Couldn't read my handwriting anyway. I mean, it's, that is literally that might be the biggest waste of money you've yeah, ever that's what I said. shared. Yeah. It's the winner. It might be. Dame, what's in the news this week? Well, we had a, a little crypto talk earlier in one of our segments. Let me uh, share this information with you, Pete, and see if it uh, blows your mind like it did mine. Uh, Bitcoin's future depends on a handful of mysterious quote maintainers. The nearly $500 billion cryptocurrency relies on a group of just five people who can write changes to the open source program that keeps the digital ledger up to date. 
These so-called maintainers are chosen by peers in the crypto community, receive salaries from a loose network of donors, and are often vague about their whereabouts. According to a maintainer named Andrew Chow, only 17 people have had access to the code since Bitcoin's launch in 2009, and Bitcoin proponents say that at least once, maintainers patched a bug that could have destroyed the currency's value. People. I'm saying like my, uh, my, my fellow coach. Guys, guys, guys. <laughs> what are we doing? This makes no sense. This makes no sense. People, what are you doing? Do not be part of this. Can I? This makes no advocate? sense. Play Kristen's advocate. <laughs> Go ahead. No, no, no. This makes no I just, sense. I, I'm not disagreeing with you, but I did see a pretty interesting Twitter thread that was asking about the fundament, like the fundamental difference between that and some other currencies. Um, and they tried to draw the parallel between. I think this the specific creator was trying to draw the parallel between that and the Fed, but um, it. I mean, of course they were. Does I mean. Does money, the debt ceiling, like, does money really only mean something? Because we all agree that it does. So is that just what they're trying to do? Boy, that's a conversation. Uh, I, that. I, I, mean, look, uh, I, I don't like uninformed opinions, so let me give one. Okay. I don't know. I don't know, but I think you're wrong. I, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just asking. It's just like the, it's like. Only a few people know the special blends of herbs and spices. And it's like, what? come on, what are we doing? Well, that's probably for their own safety as much as anything else. Dang, yeah, but what if, we, what if one of them has a bad day and they just go in there, you know what? Beep, boop, beep. No. Done. What no, if they had one yesterday? Yeah. No, because they believe in this 110%. They're not going to do anything like that. And pilots believe planes can fly it every once in a while. One of them just decides they're going to steer it into the ground. What Jeremy? movies have you been watching? Pilot Jeremy's no longer going to listen to the show now. Honestly, oh, I, look what he would done. back me up on this. I don't think he would. I, I hope don't he... think so. <laughs> oh, Lord. Don't test him. Um, what else is in the news? Tax season's underway, and the IRS has issued nearly 8 million refunds already, worth about $15.7 billion as of February 3rd. The average refund amount is about $1,963, down from last year's average payment of $2,201 at the same point in the filing season. Of course, the average may change as the IRS processes millions more returns before the April 18th deadline. While the agency warned refunds may be somewhat lower this season, experts say it's too, still too early to know for sure as of february 3rd the irs has processed more than 16.7 million returns 29 percent more than the previous year according to the report released last friday the nearly 8 million refunds compared to around 4.3 million the previous year oh kristen you filed yet no i'm like an dame. april 14th kind of gal <laughs> dame uh, no no I'm usually an October 14th sort of gal yeah. uh, with the extension. I filed and, an extension last year. Yeah. <laughs> so I, okay. I have filed an extension for probably the last 15 years. Um, mm -hmm. And so what's interesting is when our business raised capital last year, the corporate structure of our business changed, which would theoretically have allowed me to like not have such complicated taxes and mm -hmm. file on time. And so I was so excited for the last <laughs> six months or so I was going to file on time. Yeah. Well, I'm in the process of potentially switching accountants, and and, and I and, and he was like, "Look, here's the thing. I'd love to take you on, 
but we're gonna have to fall an extension because I don't have time to do it. And I was like, okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so like, I, I like I go to Mrs. Planner, like it will be so good to not have that hang over my head the entire year. And then she asked about it the other day. I was like, well, it's funny you bring that up, honey. And then I'm like, I'm, the, I'm a jerk. It's uh, it's gonna be this Dunn family's uh, first extension uh, ever, I think, this year. So, well, it makes sense. Yeah, uh, Dame. Uh, real quick, one last story. Sure. U.S. gambling revenues from commercial casinos and online betting apps in 2022 were $60 billion. That set a new record, according to the Gambling Association, beating the old mark of $53 billion last year. Good job, Americans. Gambling Association. Yeah. Yikes. Uh, th- uh, those numbers exclude tens of billions of dollars from tribal-owned casinos, by the way. That's all we have time for this week in the show. So we're sending you good vibes because good vibes are all that's in the budget. Thank you for listening. We sincerely believe that. Sometimes I'm Pete the Planner. This is the show. All right. We did a little thing. Um, you know that Mark Cohn song, Walking in Memphis? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Walking in Memphis. <clears throat> so Spot on. I'm going to read a few of the lyrics from this to see if I do that any of these things in my first trip to Memphis this weekend. Okay. 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 That's fair. Put, put on my blue suede shoes mm-hmm. and I boarded the plane. First mm-hmm. off, I'm going to be wearing Nike trailblazers that are white and I will be in a car, a minivan, my friend Mitch's minivan, uh, in the middle of the, uh, touchdown in the land of the Delta blues in the middle of the pouring rain, WC handy. Won't you look down over me now in the car? Apparently I will be Googling WC. Handy. Handy. <laughs> uh, then we go to saw the ghost of Elvis on union Avenue. So I'm going to have to check out union Avenue and, and look for ghosts. Followed him to the gates of Graceland. Not going to Graceland with my 10-year-old son. Um, and I've got to wait for the king down in the jungle room. Okay, so... None, none of those things. What if I'm they have a ghost, ghost tour in Memphis? Maybe you should uh, check one of those out. Maybe they maybe yeah. they help you out with that. Most places have a ghost tour, you know? <laughs> uh, is there a ghost tour in where you live, Kristen? Actually... I live very close to one of the supposedly most haunted cemeteries in Indiana. So there's that. Have you been? Yes. What did you get haunted? Uh, uh, no. Um, but it was when I was growing up, one of our friends always did this Halloween party and her parents did this super cool, like, Hey ride and scared us to death death i mean it's down a really skinny windy dirt road and it just kind of like sits out in the middle of nowhere and it it scared me pretty good i'm quite confident i've not been back by it since despite my better judgment i'm going to ask you all a question oh no it has to do with all the ufos going around (laughs) number one do we agree that the chinese weather balloon was arguably an act of espionage do we agree with that Espionage? Well, it was uh, surveillance. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, okay. sure. Okay, and then the other ones. Um, are we are we thinking conspiracy? Are we thinking just a series of coincidences? Are we thinking more China surveillance? Like Dame, well, like what's the most likely scenario for you? I have no idea. I. Do you have any concern? Know. Do you have any concern? Yeah. Yeah. Kristen, what's your guess? Um, 
I my my statement on this is that I think Ooh. that things like this and things um, of this nature happen way more than we want to know, and I don't want to know. There aren't I, fire. There aren't fighting fighter jets flying across America shooting AIM nine missiles at stuff in the air, and we don't know about it. There'd be way too many videos. We have just started shooting stuff. Down. I, I think what she's saying is there's well maybe I don't put words in your mouth. You're saying that there are things up doing not that we're taking care of them, but they're up there. We just don't know about them. I think NORAD said as much as they changed the filter settings <laughs> on what they're looking for, and now they're seeing all of these. <laughs> homemade kites or whatever the heck's yeah, up there doesn't mean i shouldn't be concerned about it. I, mean, I can be concerned about what they weren't tracking before too it's weird i don't necessarily have any conspiracy theories around it uh, i'll say this and this is maybe dumb and, and maybe because i don't know krav maga i feel less safe nah. but again i mean is that a big surprise coming for me i don't know krav maga I... I learned a long time ago that i don't want to ask any more questions about these things and no, I just don't because it doesn't help me sleep and there's nothing I can do. So that's fair. In this space, my ignorance is my bliss. Yeah. I also think that we probably are working some surveillance plays over some other countries too. <gasps> so yeah, yeah, that's probably true. I think, uh, I think this might be a really bad year for people who give hot air balloon rides. <laughs> that's quite true uh okay well what's well, too bad i'm not a kite enthusiast or i could join the fun um kristen good luck with the big thing this weekend dame and i know it'll go well and then uh dame um best of luck with the the falconry contest i think it'll go well as well really hoping uh don't lose one this time right may you rest in peace yeah stay getting money